Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. Well, today uh, is our gift day, and um, we do this once a year. And uh, really, the whole idea of gift day is uh, um, it's sort of in line with harvest, the idea that maybe some of you, uh, there's been a harvest in your life over this last year, maybe sold a house, business has done well, or whatever it is, and just an opportunity to give a gift out of that to the chapel. And so we give out these little gift cards uh, there, and at some point during the service, uh, if you uh, felt able to fill them in, that would be great. Uh, If you're watching online, then just on the front page of the website, or on this page you're watching, it's got a little thing, so if you click on there, it'll go directly to a gift day uh, website, so you can give through that. And there'll be an opportunity during the the service just to pop it into this uh, little thing here like that. And um, so I just want to pre-med you of that, and uh, if you are able to do that, we'd, we'd really uh, appreciate it. Um, that's our, our gift. I'll come back to that a bit later on. Um, it's also the day today where we're deciding on which of the projects that we've been talking about over the last uh, few weeks uh, that we're going to choose which projects we're going to do. And if you haven't sort of seen the, the, what we've been doing, you can catch up. This gives you the little red thing on the chair in front of you. gives you how to get the information, and you can listen to the podcasts or, or watch on, uh, on the website uh, what, what's going on. And if you want to be on our mailing list, uh, that's the one that you use uh, there. Susan Apashayan uh, is coming to us in March. Uh, she was Christian Dillo's teacher. Are we having wasp troubles here? There we are. I did think there was a wasp somewhere. We did send them around, but... Two, sorry. Anyway, this is, she's coming in March, and this is what she says. She says, As we come to know ourselves as part of this living work, embodied spirituality often blossoms into a desire to serve the world, to protect the earth, humanity, and all other life forms within it. We are truly part of this living planet, our biosphere. We are part of the stream of life that has been living on earth for the last four billion years. The unitive state becomes a deeply felt reality of connectedness. In this way, spirituality can evolve into environmental and social activism. She goes on, if activism is grounded in embodiment, we move forward with compassion for ourselves and for others. This circumvents our tendencies to polarize in relationships to those who have experiences different from us. Rather than seeing such people as threatening, we can look at them with an invigorated sense of them being another expression of mindfulness of phenomena. We can recognize that we are truly in this together. And she's really making the point that we've been making over the last few weeks that that service is the end point of spirituality. That when you've done all you're sitting on your cushions, you've been enlightened, what is left is service. And here at the chapel, we've been looking at projects that, that we at the chapel might take on to make a contribution to those around us. In the past, we've helped with uh, people who've been homeless in the winter, allowing them to sleep in our gallery, but that's not something that the valley needs us to do now. So we're looking at a way to make a contribution out of our 
connection with the Spirit. And, you know, what is the Spirit moving us to do? To that end, we hope to partner with the Roaring Fork Leadership Programme to be one of their civic projects. That means they'll commit six young leaders from right here in the valley to help us get this together. Now, on your chairs as well, there are bits of paper, and we're asking you to use those bits of paper to give us an indication as to what you think we should be doing. We can support all three of the projects or none of them. Uh, don't write anything yet because I'm going to go over these three ideas again. So the, the first idea uh, that I presented a, a few weeks ago was the idea of global citizenship. The idea of encouraging people to act for the good of the whole planet, not just their own national interests. And this comes right out of our understanding of the unitive nature of all reality that we're all a part of one whole, like a wave is part of an ocean. And we have to think of ourselves as part of the ocean, not just as the wave. And here's one way of doing that global consciousness. Global Citizen is a movement for change, a community to improve the world, gathering point for the people and organizations who want to end extreme poverty by 2030. Global Citizen is committed to bringing you the most interesting stories, effective actions, and powerful campaigns. Learn about these issues, pick one, and just commit. Uh, the impact we've seen people make so far exceeds their own expectations. Global Citizen enables individuals to take part in global development through on- and offline activism. Each action taken earns reward points for major events and your favorite artists. Every year, this kind of, I guess, mixture between pop and policy comes together, and we see that the, the action button is the next evolution in our journey. The action button allows newsreaders to participate in the stories they care about, to make taking action accessible, fast, and easy securing real and effective outcomes for the world's poor. This is going to have a global influence, and as we are becoming increasingly a global company, now already in 13 countries, this button is going to be available in every country, on every article, where people can take action. The actions of individual global citizens is what builds a movement. But together as a community, we strengthen campaigns from our partners, who are the most effective organizations out there. As a community, we find focus points to rally together and reward global citizens who have taken action. When we're together, we can amplify our collective voice to demand commitments from leaders of today to make the world of tomorrow. I believe that we can speak with one voice. There was this mass of humanity interested, engaged, listening, applauding, cheering. Uh, really, it was a magnificent, unique event. This is what Global Citizen does. It brings together engaged individuals, the thinkers shaping our ideas, the organizations implementing the change we want, and the leaders capable of sustaining that change in the world we are all demanding. In short, it's a world where we can all be proud to live. Global Citizen needs you to build this world. Will you take action? So this first idea is to link up with 
those already promoting the idea of global citizenship to campaign for a greater acceptance of the idea, both here in the Valley and beyond, and form a group maybe here of interested people and run with campaigns and conferences and events to promote the activism. It sort of fits with our spiritual ethos and enables us to encourage people to participate in projects right across the board. So that's the first idea. The second idea uh, that we're putting up is something that comes right out of the issues that occur in our valley. In a recent survey of 524 respondents uh, for Pitkin County Community Health Survey, the vast majority of people said that they felt excluded. If you look at this, you know, how, how included do you feel? And the average was three, very excluded. You can see right there. And a couple of quotes there. Feeling displaced and disregarded and not worth enough to live in or contribute to the community. Not having a family here is also a major one for me and so many others. Romantic relationships and even friendships tend to be short-lived as the population is super transient, both because of the seasonal jobs and because there is no way to afford to live here anymore. <laughs> I don't feel like I belong. I have no friends. So everything here is seasonal. It often is said that people have friends here during the ski season, but when the lifts stop running, so do the friendships. So the current situation really here is there's a high suicide rate in the valley. Nearly 25% of people in the valley have some contact with mental illness. Just over 4% have major depression. Addiction recovery are, 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 are prevalent in the community, and the high school does have a drug problem. And really, what we are looking at here is this quote from Eric Fromm, which is, the greatest cause of mental illness is loneliness. So the second idea that we've got is this idea of creating something called the Loneliness Project. Now, this would be a, two organizations created together. The first organization we're suggesting is the Loneliness Project. And the purpose of the project would be to research issues of loneliness, to disseminate information, to raise awareness, to create dialogue with the media, advertising, lobby for action, and liaise with partners. So it is really researching and creating a conversation around the issue of loneliness. And our partners uh, that we might uh, um, uh, be involved with include uh, the Hope Centre, who we've been in touch with already, Pathfinders, Headquarters, AA, uh, and others. And I know Andy Godfrey uh, put me in touch uh, with this uh, chap, J.W. Freeberg, who's written the book called Surrounded by Others and Yet So Alone. And, you know, we could use, be, be you know, uh, work with him to, to just do some sort of research around uh, the issue of loneliness. So that will be the first organization, the Loneliness Project. But as people were saying, you can't sort of say to people, oi, you know, come and join in with the Loneliness Project. It doesn't quite sound right. So we create a second organization, which would be called Together in Action. And this organization would be an organization to mobilize people. You wouldn't see these together. But this organization will be, a, will be a, a branding for things that we do to get people 
to come together. Now, the sort of things we might do is organize events, uh, signposting, uh, volunteer opportunities, work with singles, uh, communication campaigns, and again, liaising with partners. And so we would have you know, groups that would actually come together under this banner that would sort of create community in different sorts of ways. And we are really ideally suited here. We've got a building, we've got a community. You know, we can do a lot of this stuff. So the next sort of steps in, in what to do about this would be to talk to partners, uh, to develop missions, things that we're going to do, to develop trustee boards for both these organizations, uh, to, to develop promotional materials, uh, and to, to launch the, um, these two things. And we, we get together with the Roaring Fork Outdoor Volunteers with all these projects and talk about how we might go together. So that is the second idea, to have two organizations, the Loneliness Project and Together in Action, they would be promoted separately for different reasons. The Loneliness Project to connect and disseminate information on loneliness and Together in Action uh, to do something about it. So that is idea number two, and you can see that on your list. Which brings us to the third idea. Um, the third idea which we discussed last week, which is becoming part of the solution to one of the great threats to humanity today, which is to, uh, climate change. Uh, we would link up with other organizations in the Valley to provide them with whatever support and help they might need uh, and find a unique part for us to play. And we did mention some ideas about climate change, but just, this is a different little video I've got here just to give you an idea of what we're talking about. From pollution to overpopulation are driving up the Earth's temperature and fundamentally changing the world around us. The main cause is a phenomenon known as the greenhouse effect. Gases in the atmosphere, such as water vapor, carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide, and chlorofluorocarbons, let the sun's light in, but keep some of the heat from escaping, like the glass walls of a greenhouse. The more greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, the more heat gets trapped, strengthening the greenhouse effect and increasing the Earth's temperature. Human activities, like the burning of fossil fuels, have increased the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere by more than a third since the Industrial Revolution. The rapid increase in greenhouse gases in the atmosphere has warmed the planet at an alarming rate. While Earth's climate has fluctuated in the past, atmospheric carbon dioxide hasn't reached today's levels in hundreds of thousands of years. Climate change has consequences for our oceans, our weather, our food sources, and our health. Ice sheets, such as Greenland and Antarctica, are melting. The extra water that was once held in glaciers causes sea levels to rise and spills out of the oceans, flooding coastal regions. Warmer temperatures also make weather more extreme. This means not only more intense major storms, floods, and heavy snowfall, but also longer and more frequent droughts. These changes in weather pose challenges. Growing crops becomes more difficult. The areas where plants and animals can live shift and water supplies are diminished. In addition to creating new agricultural challenges, climate change can directly affect people's physical health. 
In urban areas, the warmer atmosphere creates an environment that traps and increases the amount of smog. This is because smog contains ozone particles, which increase rapidly at higher temperatures. Exposure to higher levels of smog can cause health problems such as asthma, heart disease, and lung cancer. While the rapid rate of climate change is caused by humans, humans are also the ones who can combat it. If we work to replace fossil fuels with renewable energy sources like solar and wind, which don't produce greenhouse gas emissions, we might still be able to prevent some of the worst effects of climate change. So choosing this option puts us in the front line and we sort of link up with others and make our own contribution. And obviously, you know, this is something we're looking for the future. And uh, I came across, thanks to Diane Godfrey, a wonderful video uh, by uh, Amanda Gorman, a, a young, the young poet laureate in this country. And this is her take on this. Christmas Eve, 1968, astronaut Bill Anders snapped a photo of the Earth as Apollo 8 orbited the moon. Those three guys were surprised to see from their eyes a planet looked like an Earth rise, a blue orb hovering over the moon's gray horizon with deep oceans and silver skies. It was our world's first glance at itself, our first chance to see a shared reality, a declared stance and a commonality, a glimpse into our planet's mirror. And as threats drew nearer, our own urgency became clearer as we realized that we hold nothing dearer than this floating body we all call home. We've known that we're caught in the throes of climactic changes some say will just go away while some simply pray to survive another day. For it is the obscure, the oppressed, the poor who when the disaster is declared done still suffer more than anyone. Climate change is the single greatest challenge of our time. Of this you're certainly aware, it's saddening, but I cannot spare you from knowing an inconvenient fact because it's getting the facts straight that gets us to act and not to wait. So I tell you this not to scare you, but to prepare you, to dare you to dream a different reality where despite disparities, we all care to protect this world, this riddled blue marvel, this little true marvel to master the verve and the nerve to see how we can serve our planets. You don't need to be a politician to make it your mission to conserve, to protect, to preserve that one and only home that is ours to use your unique power to give next generations the planet they deserve. We are demonstrating, creating, advocating. We heed this inconvenient truth because we need to be anything but lenient with the future of our youth. And while this is a training and sustaining the future of our planet, there is no rehearsal. The time is now, 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 because the reversal of harm and protection of a future so universal should be anything but controversial. So, Earth, 
pale blue dots. We will fail you not, just as we chose to go to the moon. We know it's never too soon to choose hope. We choose to do more than cope with climate change. We choose to end it. We refuse to lose. We do this and more, not because it's very easy or nice, but because it is necessary. Because with every dawn, we carry the weight of the fate of this celestial body orbiting a star. And as heavy as the weight sounded, it doesn't hold us down, but it keeps us grounded, steady, ready, because an environmental movement of this size is simply another form of an earth rise. To see it, close your eyes, visualize that all of us in this room and outside of these walls or in these halls, all of us change makers are in a spacecraft floating like a silver raft in space and we see the face of a planet anew. We relish the view we witness. It's round green and brilliant blue, which inspires us to ask deeply, wholly, what can we do? Open your eyes, know the future of this wise planet is right in sight, right in all of us. Trust this earth uprising, all of us bring light to exciting solutions never tried before, for it is our hope that implores us at our uncompromising core to keep rising up for an earth more than worth fighting for. Three projects, um, and we just want to ask you to think about them, uh, to give you time to think about them. Carl's going to play uh, his next piece of music, and then we'll have a bit of a conversation. You can get, give some feedback, and then we'll uh, make our choices. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you, and if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, Subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.